Hi, this is Warren Buffenick. Welcome to podcast number 27 of Help with Parkinson's. I'm your host today, and we have a few guests today. We'll be talking about what the APDA has to offer, that APDA is American Parkinson's Disease Association. This show will be a good resource for now and in the future. And um, Dr. Sue, you want to introduce the, um, the couple people you have from the APDA? Yes. Thank you, Warren. Thank you for asking us to be here. Sure. First person I want to introduce is uh, Kala, um, and uh, that's spelled K-A-L-A. Uh, Kala Venkatesh has been with the American Parkinson's Disease Association Center here at uh, Penn State for um, close to 13 years, and she has done some yeoman work, and uh, she has been the coordinator until just recently. And then the other person I want to introduce is uh, Samikta um, or Sam Ravi, R-A-V-I. She has also been with the APDA for several years. Uh, she just took over as the new uh, coordinator for the APDA. Welcome, Kala, and welcome, Samyu. Thank you, Dr. Sue. Yes, welcome. Thanks, thanks for coming to the podcast. Thanks. Thanks. I guess we could start out with... Uh, Either one of you could jump in. What What is APDA? So the APDA stands for the American Parkinson's Disease Association. Um, and uh, Kala, you've been uh, engaged in uh, working with the APDA for a while. Um, do you want to kind of spell out what is APDA? What? How did it come about? What do they do? Um, APDA is uh, one of the largest uh, group of uh, uh, foundations that uh, works towards the well-being of Parkinson disease patients. Uh, it operates in different every state, uh, one information and referral center, and it spotlights. It provides the spotlight and field webinars, and uh, it also promotes research efforts by giving grants, research grants. Some of you, you want to add a little bit more to um, the other the other types of activities that they do? Um, yeah, so uh, this is, uh, like Dr. Kala said, it is the largest grass, grassroots network dedicated to fighting Parkinson's disease. And um, APDA has raised and invested more than $177 million to provide um, outstanding patient services and educational programs, and they also really strive to uh, improve public awareness about the disease and provide uh, support and um, support systems and programs for uh, people affected by the disease, be it the patients themselves or even the caregivers surrounding them. Right. So just to add to what both Kala and Samu said, I've been associated with the APDA uh, since 1990, uh, when I started my career uh, in the United States as a neurology resident. And since then, I've become uh, very much attached to the organization in many different ways. I have written grants for them. I've been part of many INR centers, not just here in Hershey, but previously at the Cleveland Clinic and before that at Emory University in Atlanta, and even before that, at University of Pittsburgh, all three institutions prior to coming to Hershey had the APDA Center, and I've been very uh, lucky to be involved uh, with the APDA in multiple different ways. 
And as both these coordinators said, um, we've been very fortunate to have this organization here in Hershey, and we have tried to provide uh, information as well as referral resources to uh, local area uh, Parkinson's disease patients. Warren, do you have any uh, thoughts and questions on uh, beyond just the generic description that we can uh, talk about? Yeah. So let's assume you have a support group meeting and you don't have a speaker that meeting, but you want something to talk about. We could actually call up that phone number on the website, APDA website under Pennsylvania, and we could discuss topics we could talk about and get literature. Is that correct? Yes, exactly. So that's one thing we do. We go to support groups and provide the information that are available from APDA to the patients uh, for their benefit. And we, give, we can give as a talk and we can give as a discussion. And uh, uh, that is one of the major um, uh, functions of the information and referral center. And what's, and what's the turnaround time for, let's say I, we call you up on a Wednesday and the, the meeting's on Monday. Would we, we be able to get the information in that time? Generally, the coordinators are available uh, any day to come and speak to the uh, patient support groups. And we will also make sure the very closest uh, date, uh, the director will also come and address the patient's questions. Right. So um, to just take it to the, to the next level, um, as far as information itself, so as far as getting material, um, whether it's a brochure or whether it's other printed material, we do have a good amount of supplies and we can certainly um, give it uh, within 24 hours. So if you call and said, uh, we need X amount of material for X number of people, uh, we can certainly provide it. Um, of course, we're talking about a um, few dozen, but if you need a lot more, a uh, bit more time is required because we request that from the headquarters, which is in New York, and it will have to be shipped from there. But um, indeed, we do have uh, lots of supplies in terms of material, brochures, um, teaching educational stuff for Parkinson patients. Plenty of these are available. Uh, so it can be turned around fairly quickly. The coordinators are very good at getting these things. And um, 24 hours to 48 hours, we should be able to get you local supplies, limited amount of supplies for a small support group meeting. But then if it's a large one, then we'll need a little bit more mm -hmm. uh, time to do it. Yeah. Good. Very nice. And let's assume somebody else is newly diagnosed with Parkinson's and they say to you, they, they were curious what, whether they could find a doctor in the area. There's no, there's no uh, official title of specializing in Parkinson's. Is that a group able to steer you in the right direction of a movement yes. disorder specialist? Yes. So basically, <clears throat> when the patient calls the APDA contact number, they leave a message. Generally, majority of the questions are to find a provider or a center which provides uh, expertise in movement disorders um, or who's the closest doctor that they can go to to uh, confirm their disease. And um, do you want to expand on that, Sub, uh, how the expertise is being directed to 
Right. So that's a great question, uh, Warren. We, you and I have talked about this in previous podcasts uh, about how uh, a newly diagnosed Parkinson patient goes about finding the kind of expertise that they need and who do they need to see. So in general, uh, it's movement disorder specialist, somebody who has trained uh, and done subspecialty training in movement disorders are the people who uh, we generally recommend. But then, um, as we have discussed in the past, in central Pennsylvania, there's only a few people with this qualification. There are not a lot of people who have had movement disorder subspecialty training. So what we have done over the years is that uh, we have identified a variety of resources, whether it's uh, general neurologists or family practice doctors, geriatricians, um, and even in some cases, physicians' assistants who are um, somewhat experienced in Parkinson's disease to provide at least the basic uh, fundamental care and then refer them back to the movement disorder specialist uh, who would then be able to see them um, in a more uh, detailed fashion. As you know, Warren, uh, once a year, uh, being seen by a movement disorder doctor is important for Parkinson patients. But then again, uh, our geography, uh, fairly spread out and far away and rural, uh, doesn't help us get to a movement disorder specialist right away. Also, the scarcity of doctors not having sufficient movement disorder expertise is another factor in limiting the amount of choices that are available for PD patients. So given these two things, um, ABDA can be a very uh, helpful resource where uh, phone calls come in and uh, they're directed to the right person. At least they're given some choices. Okay, these are the doctors that you can possibly see. And uh, this is where you go from there. That, that question, and that question is a very good one. It's a good segue, call out to talk about you've been getting a lot of phone calls. Uh, can you list maybe the top number one question that you frequently get on the APDA line? What is the question that you, you get called for mostly? Uh, a lot of questions are asking about, do you have informational materials? Uh, the other question, next question would be, um, can you direct me to local support group? Um, the, another question is, do you know if there is a movement disorder provider close to where I live? Um, an, average, are, an average, how many calls do you get ballpark, an average, in a week? Um, I get uh, about like, uh, every day I get one or two calls. So I would say average, like uh, maybe 10 questions per week. I see. And uh, that's a great... Uh, 10 calls. Oh, 10 calls, yes. Good. And the other question related is that these calls are coming from um, what areas within Pennsylvania? Is it all of Pennsylvania or is it outside Pennsylvania? Where are these calls coming from? We do get both. We have majority of the calls are from within Pennsylvania, which are uh, which are very remote areas of Pennsylvania. People call to find information. Um, also, we get calls from outside of Pennsylvania because they go to the APDA site and or through word by mouth or something. They hear about our informational center and then call us asking for some information. Right. 
Warren, um, your thoughts on uh, these phone calls that are coming from uh, rural Pennsylvania for people who are uh, remotely situated and trying to get some help. Um, your thoughts on how we can maybe cater perhaps through this podcast? Yeah, that was part of the idea of me making this podcast and especially the website mm-hmm. was to get people that are either too young that they're still working and they can't make it to the meetings or they're, uh, they're too far away. Because Pennsylvania, people do drive two hours to go shopping. Right. If, they, if they live far away, they, they – uh, that's nothing for them to take one day a week to go two hours away. Right. So uh, it, it is a problem because we're right, they're right in the middle of going towards state college and staying in Harrisburg. So it's, it's kind of difficult for them to, to find a place. And there's a short, shortage of doctors that specialize in Parkinson's, so it makes it even harder. Right. So, so I guess the quicker they get the connections, the better, because if they keep – forgetting about it, time can go by and they're going to lose valuable treatment time. Right. Fantastic. Uh, so addressing that issue, addressing the, the accessibility, being able to get the information, I want to uh, ask some of you um, some of the ideas that, uh, that she has been uh, mooting around and you know some of the ideas that Kala has also brought along that we'd like to implement this year going forward in 2019. Um, the first idea is the idea of having um, an APDA uh, support group. Uh, and uh, some of you, you want to just address that briefly, what we're thinking about doing? Yeah, of course. Um, so uh, we do have support groups in the east shore of the Harrisburg area and the west shore area. But we'd like to have one that's somewhat of a, maybe a mobile support group that is offered through APDA that will have it based in Hershey, but then we can move it around uh, to different areas so that people can reach it better. And we can also switch around the timings of it, some during like lunch and then some uh, support group meetings we can have post work hours just so that it's um, it, it can be that one support group that people can try to reach regardless of where they are so we can move it around so that we can access different areas and different pockets of people that often go missed or often are too removed from the bigger uh, support group meetings that we do have. And also timing wise, we can offer them more options so that they have a chance to connect with other individuals um, who are also going through the same or similar journey that they are. So beginning uh, this month, in the month of January, uh, we're thinking that we would have a support group which will be located in Hershey at the Medical Center um, on the third Thursday from 12 noon to 1 o'clock. We will make a specific announcement. We'll pass the information on to Warren as well as the other local support groups and to also um, anybody who reaches out to APDA that the mobile support group, the APDA, flexible support group, however you want to call it, would meet, uh, the first meeting will be on the uh, third Thursday from 12 to 1. Uh, but like uh, some of you um, already mentioned, um, the coordinators feel strongly about this, that there should be flexibility, that we should be having other other days and other hours. So perhaps in February, it will be on a Wednesday and it will be in the evening. Um uh, so that people who are working can come to that event. Uh, 
and we'll also give the flexibility of moving it. Uh, not always will it meet in Hershey, but there'll be times that we would uh, arrange for it to meet at a different location in central Pennsylvania so that there's um, some uh, mobility around uh, and convenience around when and where it meets. Uh, does that sort of summarize the idea, uh, Samyu? Yes, it is. Okay. Warren, what are your thoughts on that? What are your uh, comments and thoughts on that? Um, I still think there's a need for uh, a web, web-based support group. Right. And uh, because there's, I've seen people that are young, let's say 50 years old and younger, mm-hmm. they show up to one, one support group meeting and they realize that it's, they just can't get off all that time at work. Right. And they, you never see them again. Right. But, uh, and those are the people that would be able to use a computer. And there is a forum and a blog page on, on the website, but nobody uses it. Right. Right. And so, so I think I'd like to see some attention paid to that because that, that really doesn't take much effort as far as making a mobile support group or finding places to meet. Right. This, this is totally, the infrastructure is already there. Just right. a matter of people knowing how to find it. Right. I agree with you completely. And uh, maybe given how technology is improving, and we are recording this on Zoom, uh, perhaps we could make these support groups available on Zoom. So people who can't physically make it to the event can actually um, you know, sign in through Zoom and be able to participate that way remotely. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be another resource to... Uh, and this is a great segue to, to ask about another area that APDA centers and INR has uh, contributed. That is uh, advocacy for research and research involvement. So, Kala, um, do you want to talk a little bit about what kinds of things you have done over the years to help patients who are interested in research or people who are somewhat apprehensive about uh, being involved in research. So they come up and uh, say, for example, I don't want to be a guinea pig. Um, Then what kind of resources or what kind of advice have you provided over the years to help such people? Um, Yes. Um, APDA has a um, main main mission. Uh, We do advocacy towards research, and APDA conduct a lot of research uh, uh, support by giving grants um, throughout the country. And we also provide that information to the patient side. And patients, when they are coming and asking about a research trial, we try to give them the information uh, of what exactly that trial is, um, which you can go to clinicaltrials.org to find out the exact study that they are conducting and if you want more information we just direct them to those trials Um, and if they are interested in joining um, they can uh, join the trial after talking to the trial people. Um, So uh, just a mild correction so it's clinicaltrials.gov it's not org it's uh, It's clinicaltrials.gov but uh, Samyu can you talk about how uh, you might have reassured uh, people who are concerned about participating in research. How do you explain the process of consenting and, and what, what, what kinds of things can you reassure people when they are fearful of not being a guinea pig? Yes, of course. 
Um, I think the big thing to um, understand and remember is um, in this day and age with information um, flooding in from all sorts of sources, um, patients have access to information and oftentimes they're overwhelmed with it. So they really do look to their healthcare providers and the individuals who are the healthcare professionals who are running these trials to give them reliable information and conduct the information process in a very non-biased and um, informative manner. So uh, one of the biggest things we do is when there is a study that they are interested in or they are a good fit for, uh, we provide them with full information on the study and the trial itself. And like Dr. Kala and um, Dr. Sub had mentioned, uh, clinicaltrials.gov has all information on these studies, but we also provide them with a, a consent form, like a read-only version of the consent form that they can read over, which in layman terms, it puts out the entire study, um, their responsibilities in the study, their risks, the benefits, everything that pertains to the individual, um, it will be written out in that. They're given time to read it, they're given time to ask us questions, and if their PCP or their neurologist is um, they can go provide them with this information and discuss it with their um, their providers. And then they have the opportunity to ask questions and get answers before they come to make a decision. So we make sure that they're completely informed on their participation and on the study and how this would affect them or benefit them if it does and before they even come in to participate in the trial. So that's one thing that I think I feel really um, calms down patients and gives them the courage and confidence to go through with these opportunities is that just keeping them informed and making sure that they know what they're participating in and they know what it means to them and their Parkinson's disease. Let me finish those thoughts with just one, one, one last comment, which is even if it's not a study that's happening here in Hershey, if a patient calls or a, a potential participant calls and says, um, I'm interested in such a such study, but I'm concerned about it. Uh, we are able to reassure patients about uh, what the study is all about, research it a bit more, and give them information about that study, and also direct them to the appropriate resource to reassure them uh, that research is important, uh, it's the only way to make progress, and that voluntarily uh, participating in the study with EQPOIS, where they really pay attention to both sides of the coin is sort of important. And they come into the conclusion that they really want to participate um, voluntarily and, and feeling good about it, saying that, okay, I, I really think that this is going to help. Uh, on that note, I want to ask Warren what his thoughts are. You, you participated in research and you've been involved in this quite a bit. So uh, you, your perspective, you know, what do you think? Yeah, I think uh, the research is important. But I'd like to see more of a everyday basis on people's lives personally. Yeah. You know, as, and I assume that's what most Parkinson's patients would like to get their lives together first and then start joining the studies because the first few years are very uh, difficult when, when you get diagnosed. And um, the last thing you want to do is to hear about a study when you don't even know, you know what, what's going to happen in your life. So I think there's there's a lot of information that could be got from the APDA, but um, 
I don't, I don't know anybody that really knows about it. It seems like it's kind of a unadvertised thing that, that uh, you, you don't really hear about. Cause I know I, I didn't hear about it until I started doing the, this website. Mm. Uh, that's uh, too bad. I think we should get more PR for this and make sure that the resources available um, uh, to all, all patients uh, in central Pennsylvania. In fact, um, APDA INR center here in Hershey caters to the entire state of uh, Pennsylvania. So uh, everybody, not just central Pennsylvania, but all of Pennsylvanians uh, with Parkinson's disease should take full advantage of this, um, yeah. this resource. So it's too well, bad that, that that hasn't happened yet. So and I could tell you what happened to me. I took a look at the Rocksteady Boxing and I was talking to a gentleman there and he said, his wife said he thought that he was the only one in Pennsylvania that had Parkinson's. Hmm. He, had no, he had no idea other people had it until they went to that rock steady boxing. And hmm. he was, di- he was diagnosed three years ago. Hmm. So this, and I, I'm sure the people, the more people know other people and the more they have people to ask questions to that they trust, the better their health is. I'm sure that's, that's the case. Right. Right. That's great. Um, one, another area that um, APDA does get involved is uh, research grants and, and funding and fundraising. Um, so again, this is a, a people-to-people organization and uh, APDA uh, leverages um, patients and their families and their relatives for um, bringing advocacy towards uh, advancing the care of patients as well as discovering new treatments for Parkinson's disease. So what APDA has done over the years is to generate sufficient grant money and given very good scientific grants uh, to different scientists all over the world. Um, I am one of the beneficiaries that have gotten APDA grants in the past and so has Kala who has done research and has been funded uh, uh, for uh, different projects for a couple of years. And um, they do give a lot of grants and uh, they are grants for young investigators, young people who are getting into the research field, but they're also um, centers for excellence. Um, and there's one center of excellence for research in Pennsylvania. It's in the University of Pittsburgh under Dr. Timothy Greenemeyer, uh, who is the director of that center. Um, the centers are uh, geared towards um, research primarily, so they um, garner research from multiple investigators to answer important questions. And so uh, it has a different take than actual uh, direct care to the patients. Direct care to the patients is primarily a function of the INR centers and uh, directing people towards informational resources for uh, care. But equally important as that is the idea of doing good high-quality research and finding answers to um, the problems that Parkinson patients face. Okay, so one other thing that the APDA does well is uh, giving grants to young investigators as well as uh, creating advanced center for research. And we have several uh, such grants that are given every year. The advanced centers, there are several of them around the country uh, one of them is in the state of Pennsylvania. It's in University of Pittsburgh under Dr. Timothy Greenemeyer. And these centers are um, centers that are primarily directing uh, high-quality research as a group, addressing some important questions about Parkinson's disease. 
And they have a different role compared to the INR Center, which is what is uh, located in Hershey. We provide information referral uh, to patients, uh, whereas the Advanced Center focused more on the research side of things. However, um, there are other ways of getting grants as well. Uh, for example, Kala, uh, who the coordinator until recently, has received two um, APDA grants in the past. I myself have received APDA grant uh, in my earlier, uh, in my career. And uh, there have been other types of funding, like medical students have been funded and um, other students have gotten summer research funding from the APDA. So there have been many ways in which the APDA supports um, grants and uh, raises money to support uh, grants. So on this note, uh, it's important that uh, the community also know about opportunities in which uh, people can contribute towards uh, research funding. And one such activity is the Brain Run. And I want to have uh, Samyukta talk a little bit about the Brain Run. Uh, this is a brainchild of hers. Uh, she started the Brain Run uh, about three years ago. And um, Samyukta, can you talk a little bit about how this came about and how this allows for... Uh, uh, patients, Parkinson's patients, and their families to contribute towards uh, grants and uh, advanced research? Um, sure. So uh, the Brain Run started as um, a way to fund fundraise for research that we could do over here at our site towards Parkinson's disease and movement disorders. Uh, a lot of patients expressed their interest in wanting to contribute to the research. Of course, a lot of them did participate if they could in clinical trials and clinical research, but they wanted more opportunities to be able to contribute to the efforts to expanding our knowledge about Parkinson's disease. So um, we started this as a charity 5K run slash walk. And what was great about this was uh, not only were like professionals, like physicians and nurses and coordinators and researchers, not only were we involved in planning and organizing and running this uh, charity event, but so were patients and their friends and their families members, as well as students, be it medical students, high school students, undergraduate students, so many people at different uh, walks of life and different relationship with PD were involved in organizing and running the event and participating in the event. So not only were we able to raise funds for further research, we were also able to improve the outreach of Parkinson's disease and information on the disease itself and how it affects um, the patients and the family to the community surrounding us and those who participated in the program. Great, and um, can you talk a little bit about how people can be involved in uh, the brain run, what kinds of things have uh, people done in the past and, and, and how can we uh, leverage uh, both Parkinson's patients and their families um, to help us uh, get the word out first about Parkinson's disease and the need for research and two, how they can help um, create awareness and also uh, bring in some funds to the uh, brain run. Of course. Um, so, of course, the biggest help that anyone can do is just getting the word out about um, Parkinson's disease and their experiences with Parkinson's disease and the importance of how 
research helps actually improve our not only our knowledge about the disease, but also opportunities and treatments and therapies available for those with PD. Um, and whether it's participating and organizing something like the Brain Run, where we had volunteers who helped with setting up uh, the course, and we had volunteers who spread information about the run itself and how to get involved, uh, or to even being a sponsor, a monetary or an in-kind sponsor or donor for the run. Um, any of those uh, kinds of involvements were really helpful for improving our overall um, our efforts in this capacity. So people can get involved in all sorts of ways, be it directly volunteering, be it spreading the word about the event, or just even talking about PD and its prevalence and how it affects people, or uh, sponsoring such events that improve our funds for research. Warren, you have uh, thoughts and questions on uh, that last topic, which was uh, about fundraising and, and grants? Oh, yeah, the run, runs are always a good idea. It brings people together and everybody knows what they're donating for. And um, it's great to have a central organization that could give advice to the little smaller groups, how they could associate with those runs and anything that you do, they could, it trickles down to the groups, which is uh, definitely what they need. Great. That's fantastic. And then the last topic before we sort of wrap up here is about education, patient education and how we can transmit information. Now, this is a role primarily that of the director, and I'm the director of the APDA Center. Uh, although the coordinators help with these events, um, I am the one who uh, provides the educational opportunity generally. So we do have um, educational symposia. We have usually have a big event. Uh, traditionally, we've had that either in the month of May or June. Initially, when we started the program here in Hershey, we wanted to do it in April, which is the Parkinson's Awareness Month, but um, we had to move it further and further away because of the weather situation in, in uh, central Pennsylvania. We had a couple of weekends where we uh, program was organized and then it snowed in and we couldn't get enough people. And so we moved it. And now uh, we are either in the last week of May or the first week of June is when we have this. It's a, a half-day symposium, typically starts around 9 o'clock in the morning, uh, 8.30 registration, and we have usually an external speaker. We have had some very good speakers over the years come in and give wonderful talks. Uh, this year we had in uh, 2018 Dr. Milan Diagonker, and uh, year, earlier year we had uh, speakers from Georgetown, and, uh, and we have had uh, speakers from uh, Emory University in Atlanta, and many other centers who have come and given very good uh, uh, extensive talks about different areas of Parkinson's disease, uh, clinical care, as well as research. And uh, we also have uh, dance uh, for Parkinson's disease or exercise for Parkinson's disease, yoga for Parkinson's disease demonstrations during these events. We also have had um, people, uh, support services such as uh, speech and language therapists, uh, physical therapists, uh, social workers, uh, lawyers who are helping people with uh, uh, documents, for example, social security disability application or long-term disability applications. Uh, they have also participated in these events. 
It's also an opportunity for youth engagement. We have had uh, many youth organizations come in and volunteer at this event uh, to help uh, Parkinson patients with their questions, take down their questions and answer questions, or also provide them support for um, their meals during the actual event. For example, there's a buffet and uh, the students have helped uh, uh, run the buffet or help people get food and uh, uh, take away their um, finished uh, utensils back to the trash and so on and so forth, or even assist with the wheelchair and so on and so forth. Um, so it's been a great opportunity for these events to to engage the youth uh, in knowing about this disease and so that uh, they, the next generation, can be helpful uh, in caring for these patients. So these we events, um, typically we have had two uh, every year, one usually in June, another one sometime in the fall. Uh, we are also having smaller events, which are um, usually group events that have been held in um, different parts of uh, uh, Pennsylvania. Uh, this year, going forward, 2019, we will have four such events. Um, we will invite uh, all of Pennsylvanians to come and participate, and we'll try to, again, geographically spread these uh, symposia. We we'll certainly will have one in Hershey Medical Center, but there will be um, additional three more events, but they will be geographically in different places. Um, but the hope is that uh, this would give opportunity for people to learn about uh, what's the latest in Parkinson's and how uh, they can educate themselves and their uh, loved ones about what's out there. Uh, Warren, uh, any thoughts, questions, uh, ideas? Yeah, it's very good to hear all everything that your organization does because, like I said, I wasn't familiar with all of that. But what I'd like to see is, uh, if it could be done, is each support group could have a liaison or a coordinator with somebody from your, from the ADPA, mm -hmm. PTA. And as soon as somebody calls you, you could say, say, where do they live? And if they say, then you just call up the, uh, or give them the phone number of the, of the person in that group. Mm -hmm. That can give them in, instant answers to their questions. Yep. I think that can be very well done. So if the support groups want to, uh, if they are listening to this podcast and they want to reach out, uh, in the number to reach out is uh, 717 uh, 531-3598. Again, the number is 717-531-3598. Uh, this is a number uh, where anybody can leave a message and uh, we can certainly get back to you with very specific uh, answers, whether it's a liaison for um, where's the nearest support group or uh, where can we get more information about Parkinson's disease or who's the nearest provider um, or any other, any other question that is related to Parkinson's disease uh, or even just reassurance, you know, people calling and saying, I was just newly diagnosed with Parkinson's. I don't know anything about it. Can you talk to me? And um, some of you has lots of years of experience working with Parkinson's patients. So does color and they can be, another voice to hear, uh, to reassure, and to make people feel comfortable that this is not something that they need to fear about. It's very much a treatable disease and uh, they can live a normal life and uh, they can give some uh, reassurance uh, about the disease and make them feel comfortable uh, about the care uh, uh, for, pa for Parkinson patients and to their family members. 
So yeah, so that resource is certainly available and uh, people can take full advantage of it. Good. Well, uh, thanks for everybody coming out for this informative podcast. And uh, Dr. Sub, I, I just didn't want to give you a good introduction before. Dr. Subramanian, the uh, movement disorder specialist from Hershey Medical Center. And would you want to just uh, introduce your two colleagues? Yes, uh, Kala Rangateshwaran, who is an assistant professor here at Hershey Medical Center. She has, she's the PAS coordinator for the last uh, 10 years, actually 13 years. She's been the coordinator for the APDA uh, program. Uh, she just relinquished that position. And uh, uh, so Kala is uh, one who has been doing a lot of talking here. And the other person is Samyukta Ravi. Uh, she is the new coordinator. She's taking over as of uh, this month in January of uh, 2019. Uh, she, again, has uh, many years of experience working with Parkinson patients. Uh, she is a research study coordinator at the Hershey Medical Center and a senior position with many years of experience um, under her belt. Uh, she will be coming on board and uh, helping us out with the uh, activities here as well. Great. Well, thanks, everybody, for coming out. And uh, everybody have a good rest of the day. Great. Thank you. Thank you.